Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL fantasy football podcast. My co-host is former Bears and Lions quarterback Eric Kramer. I'll find out more by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com, or on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Super Bowl, we're here. We've done some really good, really right calls on this show this year, and we've blown some. But I don't think we were ever as wrong as we were this past week, ever, in, in the history of what, the five years we've been doing this. Uh, you picked the Niners all the way. They got toasted by the Eagles, who have been great all year. I thought the Bengals were just that much better than Casey, especially with a hurting Mahomes, and boy, was I wrong. Now, in case you missed it, Philadelphia blasted San Francisco. It was the Chiefs with a last-second field goal after a major stupid penalty by Joseph Osai to beat Cincinnati <clears throat> by three. So where would you like to begin? Well, as you said, there were only two games. I got them both wrong. And so let's start with the latter one, uh, Kansas City, Cincy game. And what used to be called just Arrowhead. I mean, what is Gia Field at Arrowhead State? What the hell is that? <laughs> and then the only thing outside of the stadium I do know that's an unbelievable place is a barbecue spot called Arthur Bryant's. Um, and, uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's start off with that game, I guess. Well, it certainly wasn't Burrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> that, and they made mention of that. I think it was Mahomes right at the end. <laughs> well, you know, um, actually, um, was it, um, former Senator, uh, she was on, uh, meet the press, uh, that Sunday and she was saying, yep, that yeah, we're going to do this. You know, this is where we're going. It's Burrowhead. Burrowhead is like, okay, where's that coming from? All right. Okay. Well, it didn't work. Guess what? <laughs> yeah, I liked how Mahomes said, no, this isn't Burrowhead, and there's no cigars to be smoked right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, yeah, I mean, again, I, I got that wrong. As you said, I thought Cincinnati was going to keep the train rolling, and uh, obviously Mahomes did what, you know, not many quarterbacks have ever done uh, on one leg, by the way. Yeah. Well, I know we talked about talk. the show. Uh, about uh, uh, a game you had, which you can relate to, Joseph. Yeah, you know it was it was it was a late hit, out of bounds, fifteen seconds to go, brought the Chiefs into field goal range, fifteen yard penalty. Mahomes was clearly well out of bounds when he got hit, and that fifteen yards with fifteen seconds to go moved him into field goal range. Butker kicks a field goal, and the finals twenty three twenty. And everybody in the world is saying one of two things. How stupid was Joseph Osai not to know how much of an impact or where he was in the game situation at the time? He's only a second-year player. Or, oh, my gosh, you got to feel for Joseph Osai. Well, you were there once, right? Well, that's what I'm saying is, like, in the moment, people in the stands and people at home watching, all they think is, hey, he was obviously out of bounds. Well, when you're playing the game, it's a little different picture. You know, you're just running and hustling to go make a play. And I heard him talk about this afterward. I think it was the next day talking about, look, I was trying to get him to go sideways instead of forward because sideways were clock running. Um, what you referred to that I can relate to is 
back in 93, we won. We played Green Bay the last week of the season to win the division, then played them at home the next week in the wild card round. And we were moving the ball all game. And I think it's late in the third, early in the fourth. We're literally on the four-yard line, three, four-yard line going in. And Ty Halleck, who's playing tight end, runs what's called a stick route. Uh, Travis Kelsey runs them all day long. And as he's breaking out about five yards, there's somebody out in front of him, which he does the right thing and, and holds up. And the ball, as I throw it, goes right over the top of his shoulder pad into the waiting arms of George Teague. Now, we're about to go up 17 points with, I don't know, I forget how much time was left. He takes it 104 yards. I'm the last guy that's chasing him, can't catch him. And so we go from literally being up 17 in a snap of the fingers, we're up by three. Momentum shifted. I'm basically waddling off the field. I can't believe what just happened. Now, we do come back and score the next series, but at the end of the game, Favre does what Favre does and rolls out to his left, throws back to Sterling Sharp at the back corner of the end zone. We end up losing the game. And so I remember hanging at some point back in the equipment room. I was sitting on one of those large crate boxes, literally crying. It's the only game I've ever cried, and there weren't tears of joy. But I, it, just, it felt to me like I blew a game, a playoff game, by the way, that we should have won. So I can empathize a little bit with Joseph Osai. How long does it take you to get over something like that? I mean, I, I guess you really never, ever. Well, the fact that I'm over. still talking about it, <laughs> and it's fresh as it happened yesterday, which was, what was 93, 40 years ago, 30 years ago? So. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough because you put so much into it. Yeah. So Joseph Asai is no different. And you can see how that just, that game is going to live with him forever. Yeah. And it's, you know, people that go to work the next day, they're, oh, gosh, what a stupid thing Joseph Asai did. Well, they're on to the next for them in their lives. And Joseph Asai is going to be thinking about this all off season every day, all day, guaranteed. Got it. Well, it's like Leon Lett. We all know the name Leon Lett, whether we remember exactly what happened. And Nobody remembers all the Pro Bowls he went to, right. and he's you one know. of the greatest defense and tackles of all time, but you're right. Wow. Well, at least you didn't break any water coolers, right? <laughs> if we had some, I probably would have. Probably would have. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, we have Andy Reid returning to Philadelphia, a team he took to the Super Bowl a number of years ago. He says he loves the city, but you know – He'd love to bury the Eagles and the Eagles' ownership on this one, right? Well, I was actually at that game. I covered that for Fox and back in, I think it was 2005 in Jacksonville. And, um, yeah, he'd love to bury the Eagles. And how great would that be to win another Super Bowl yeah. by beating the team you once coached into a Super Bowl? And so I think it's, you know, good thing the Chiefs, in my opinion, have these couple of weeks nearly to now recover because they are now a mash unit. Kelsey obviously didn't bother the back injury he had in, in uh, practice that week. Obviously didn't carry over into the game, but Mahomes was a statue back there. And then they opened up a whole match unit during the game to take care of Sneed that went down with the concussion, Kadarius Tony who went down with an ankle injury, uh, your guy Juju Smith-Schuster had a knee injury. Um, I forget there was another receiver, McCall Harbin, have a pelt. I mean, it was – so all I can say is good thing they have a couple of weeks to get ready for this game. And, um, you know, 
and I and I think that as they have always done, I think the Chiefs um, getting to this game, having lost it once already before, uh, I think they they will be that much more prepared for this because no one's giving them a shot. No one. Well, your odds are pick them. Believe it or not, Eagles a tenth of a percentage point favorites at this moment. The over and under is 49 and a half, you know, and that's going to change. As you mentioned, people get healthier. Uh, Storylines come out. Things happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, another storyline we're going to hear ad nauseum is the Travis and Jason Kelsey brothers of the Super Bowl game, which is, uh, I don't know how exactly, well, it's pretty rare, let's put it that way. And, well, it's never happened before. Uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and we do have a lot of brothers that play, we have the Watt brothers. We have, you know, so many brothers that are playing. Um, Diggs yeah. brothers, and yeah, the yeah. guys, the wide receivers, the um, uh, Amon Ra Brown, and uh, right. you know, right. and we do have, right. yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the guys whose names you can't pronounce anyway. Um, but you know, I think this one is going to be interesting even more because first, first, both of them are are starting players. Both of them are solid players. And one of them is not that far away from retiring. That's that's uh, uh, Jason, who's the, the uh, offensive lineman. Well, you've got two players at their positions, historically, that might be two of the best ever at those positions. And I, I remember hearing uh, uh, Travis, I think, the other day reading it, that uh, he's like, look, either way, my mom can't lose, <laughs> no matter the outcome of the game. And I think I, I caught his dad saying, uh, hey, at least one's not on defense. So they're not going to be, you know, if there's a bench-clearing brawl, that's the only yeah. way they'd actually face each other. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and plus, okay. and they've got great personalities. I remember remember when they uh, Philly won the Super Bowl, it was tra- uh, Jason Kelsey that had that big uh, thing on his head and got up and, you know, acted the part of, uh, you know, just a clown being up there. But obviously he he's such a great player. But I think, like I said, the two players themselves, two, the two brothers, do have great personalities. And so I think that'll be a topic of conversation. I'm sure they'll provide a lot for things to talk about during the week. They are going to get mauled Tuesday, which is media day, <clears throat> Tuesday before the game, and which I've, I've covered many of those. Uh, I think I've been like seven Super Bowls, whatever. And, you know, it's I've covered those, and they are – a zoo. One of the weirdest things that always happens is somebody starts asking and then other people take off on it. The stupid questions, you know, uh, yeah. have nothing to do with football. And, you know, I'm sure it's somebody's going to come up with who did mom like best, you know, that type of thing, you know, uh, so. right. or it'll be some broadcaster from the Philippines or <laughs> Bangladesh or Turkey or, you know, Uh, so let's get right to the game let's start with the Chiefs Uh, I think this one all centers on the health of Patrick Mahomes even though there are other injuries out there you mentioned those already now he has two weeks to heal but even with one rough hit that could take him out and that could change the game's perspective early on or any time in that game yeah but I think we're all we can all anticipate here prior to the game this dude's going to down a jar of spinach and come, you know, <laughs> make something happen. He's not going anywhere. And I think the fact that something has to be said here for this guy, what is he, 26 years old? I think this is his fifth season, right, starting? Something like that, yeah. And now he's been to all five conference championship games. This Fourth is now Super the third Bowl. Super Bowl. <laughs> third, third yeah. Super Bowl, right, yeah. Right. And so uh, – and, and I think you're right. I, I mean, it does come down so much to what he does, and so much gets talked about 
every week about how what a talent Patrick Mahomes is. Well, how about how tough he is? Because if you haven't had a high sprain, I mean, a, a high ankle sprain, it's debilitating. I had one in college and tried to play a half the next week. Couldn't do it. After every handoff, all I could do was stand there and hand the ball off. And and uh, anyway, so I, I think he's, in my opinion, um, done so much to elevate himself to meet every challenge for however long he's been playing. Um, I, I do not put this past him to, to heal up and play like he's always played. And I think one of the things they were talking about prior to that game is this injury could actually help him because he would now have to go through the progressions, not escape the pocket, and actually did do what he was doing at the end of last season, which was working through the progressions, checking the dump-off guys, and and he, that's pretty much what he did. And so, I don't know. I think you give the added week of rest to the rest of the team, and the roster itself improves. We're talking about the Eagles now. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, those guys are playing at really high levels. So the defense, they're playing out of sight. Matter of fact, I liken their defense the way they're playing now to the way the 70s Steelers uh, played when they ran the table, giving up almost nothing along the way on their way to a Super Bowl. You know, the Eagles scored 38 to 7 over the Giants, 31 to 7 over the Niners. I mean, those are just in when a team's in a zone, a team's on a roll, that seems to be where the Eagles are right now. Love how you wove the 70s Steelers in here, by the way. Um, okay, see this guy behind uh, me? Yeah, he, he, he was part of that. <laughs> yeah, he was. You're right. <laughs> uh, but you somehow left out the most impressive part of the Eagles to me, and that's their demolition unit up front offensively. I mean, they were pl- from the from play one, they were playing five yards down the field. By the time whoever's carrying the ball, by the time he got to the line of scrimmage, there was a new line of scrimmage. And I think that that to me, because Jalen Hurts wasn't healthy either. And but he, he didn't have to do all the things he would do during the season. Right. I mean, they're just it didn't matter who you hand the ball. Off. And I think him as a threat of the potential backside run helped keep those active linebackers from running up and filling in the hole. As, you know, and they weren't getting to the hole. And so that that's what I think this offense to me for the Eagles by me has been so underappreciated all year long. And I think it really got exposed. I'm sorry. They, they really took it to the number one defense in the league in the 49ers. They made them look like a high school team. I mean, true. The 49ers didn't have a quarterback to play a game with, but I'm talking this, the offense for the Eagles I don't care who you ran out there. That game was getting dominated. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty much a shocker. I think all uh, in all over the football world, especially, it was like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, th- this is a team that you know was there all year, and it's like, yeah, they went through um, adversity on on the offense, but the defense has just been dynamite. You know, the you know they, they kind of remind me a little bit of the. Was it 1991 Redskins? We played them in the NFC Championship game. And, you know, that team was not loaded with Hall of Famers, but they were on both sides. The first game of the season, they beat us 45 to nothing, I think. And this game, the one played in the NFC Championship, they beat us 41 to 10, I think. And it was a steamroll, I mean, from start to finish. And 
that to me right now is the Eagles in that look what they just did to who I think me, not only me, though, a lot of people thought was going to go and win the Super Bowl, the 49ers. And uh, I mean, that was an eye opener, I think, to a lot of people, me included. Before we get to the pick, I want to duck in one other thing here. You know, we talked about Brock Purdy before the show. And, uh, I mean, how much of a blow is this? You know, he he he's, is the final draft pick, uh, the first last player pick, obviously known as Mr. Irrelevant. He comes in, he uh, Jimmy Graffalo gets hurt. He comes in, and all of a sudden, he is the guy in San Francisco, and he has this phenomenal year. He leads them to all these wins. He gets hurt when all, on the first series, the first drive at least. And uh, now he he's just short of Tommy John's surgery. They're going to have to reconstruct that elbow uh, rather than, than do the transfer. And if it's Tommy John's surgery, he could be out another year. This is going to put him out at least six months and maybe even more. Uh, the damaging effects uh, of this kind of injury. Right. I mean, he, he... In in a season of a lot of great stories, the Lions going from one and seven or whatever the heck they were to then putting on the second half push they did. Uh, a lot of people emerged last season, no one more so than Brock Purdy. Remember, it wasn't even um, Garoppolo that started the season; it was Trey Lance. Yeah. So they they went from Trey Lance being a bust, which he is, to Garoppolo being okay, which he is to Purdy being the quarterback of now and the foreseeable future to all of a sudden now he's got to have reconstruction uh, um, ligament damage on his elbow to now he's a question mark. And so now you get, and I woke up this morning and talking about Tom, what if Tom Brady goes to the 49ers? Tom Brady sucks. And so he will, they're not going to go for Tom Brady guaranteed. And I just think this is, a tragic happenstance for a play where think about this by design, they had their tight end, their backup tight end, the 49ers I'm talking about Brock blocking Hassan Reddick, who's one of the best pass rushers in the league. I mean, I don't, I don't where'd that come from? Where'd that play? Where'd that you had all week to prepare? Remember, this is the first, this is the first series of the game and you've scripted this into the game. I don't get that. And, uh, but you know, I, I like you. You wanted to mention Brock Purdy, and de- deservedly so. Here's a guy that took the league by fire as a rookie quarterback, hadn't lost a game, and uh, I, I just think for his future, it's it's got to be somewhat demoralizing. But at the same at the same time, these are the kind of things that ultimately will, in some way, define what happens to you. Because I don't think this is going to this, this will not be the end of Brock Purdy as a 49er for sure. Well, this, this reminds me somewhat of uh, Robert Edwards. You may remember Robert Edwards running back for New England. His rookie year, he rushes for 1,100 yards, goes to the Pro Bowl. They're playing a touch football game in the sand. He trips or does something, injures his knee, never plays again uh, for his career. And, you know, they tried everything with him. It's just like uh, these weird things that happen like this to, to young players – Thank goodness they don't happen a lot. But when they do, yeah. it's like, oh, my gosh, a guy who makes that kind of impact is is done. And uh, I think you're right. I think that ho- hopefully Brock Purdy is not done, uh, that uh, he can recover from this. And, uh, I mean, pitchers do it all the time. Uh, now it's almost mandatory 
that a pitcher in Major League Baseball has Tommy John surgery. And right, because that's how you know you have another solid 10 years afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, let's get to the picks. Uh, uh, I got a pick, uh, and for my money, it's the Eagles, and I think that's the Eagles in a blowout. I think they are really on a roll. I think Kansas City's got enough injuries. Uh, I think that that negates not negates because you're not going to negate Andy Reid, but Andy Reid doesn't play the game. You know, Andy Reid coaches the game. And I think that the Eagles, the way they're playing now, and I think they'll even be up more on offense. Uh, I'm picking the Eagles in a 38 to 14 blowout. I can't. Who am I to say you're wrong based on my performance <laughs> last week? Hey, I but had a bad week last week too. So who that's to say I'm right? <laughs> I can't abandon the Chiefs myself. A, my son Dylan, that's his team. Right. B, uh, th- they seem to answer the call all the time when people call- count them out. Uh, yes, they're banged up, but they don't play for nearly two weeks, as we'd mentioned. And that's a lot of time to heal. It's a lot of time for Andy Reid to design offensive plays, put wrinkles into the plays that already work. It's a time for speed- Steve Spagnolo also to add wrinkles to that defense. Remember, this is the guy that, as a defense quarter of the Giants, put an end to that perfect run the Patriots had that season back in 2007, held him 14 points in the Super Bowl. And so, I, I, you know, they've got some players, too. I don't see Chris Jones getting rolled five yards downfield. And, and so I think that, you know, this is going to be, to me, uh, you're right, Andy Reid doesn't play the game, but Andy Reid's a hell of a coach. And not that the Eagles guys aren't, but I just think the combination of what they've got working in in Kansas City, I would not count them out. This is they've got plenty of time, I think, to heal up and still play an effective game. All right. Well, if we're talking scores, I know you gave a big score. I'll say this at this point. I'll say, okay, we'll say the Eagles win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I'll give it, say, 21, 17. Ooh, that low, huh? Over and under. Yeah, I think nine. again, these are two great defenses we got here. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is going to be interesting. We'll, uh, we'll put a beer on it uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, that, that brings, low. I like it. That brings the season to a close, our last show of the season. And uh, we're looking forward to more coming up. And uh, there you have it, another edition of Kramer and Brill. Find out more by going to our website. KramerandBrill.com or on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. For my friend and colleague Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you down the road.